So whose dumb idea was it to launch a podcast in the middle of the apocalypse? Creating content right now is literally impossible for us business owners everywhere. It's insane to try to come up with engaging content. Everybody's got a story about COVID-19. Everybody else has a story about injustice. It's a super wild time that we're living through. And so even though my podcast is brand new, I didn't want to ignore what's going on in the world. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help mom entrepreneurs get down to business. Normally, I'm here to talk to you about business blunders, ways that mom entrepreneurs shine and fail, and valuable lessons to grow your biz. But this week, I've spent a lot of time talking to mom entrepreneurs around the globe. I've talked to black women, I've talked to brown women, white women, all moms, all entrepreneurs. And I wanted to highlight two of them because everything that's going on right now has been bananas. And I thought that their insight may prove, oh, I don't know, insightful. So I spoke to a black woman who's cycling through all of the emotions in the whole wide world with and for her whole family. And she has amazing things to say about anger. I spoke to another black woman who considers herself to be a woman of privilege, who gets inspiration from, you guessed it, the Asian community. First up, I'm going to introduce you to Arena Ferguson, a woman from Los Angeles. She has three kids. She's an author and she runs My Good Life. And then I'm going to talk to Dr. Charity Hughes. She's a mom from Philadelphia. She has one son and she's a coach and HR queen who runs Pathfinder Leadership Group. First up, I want you to meet Arena. My name is Irena Ferguson. I am 41 years old and I'm a writer and a founder of My Good Life, a 501c3 for parents of children with special needs. How long have you been running that? Um, really about the last couple of years is when we launched the digital platform for parents of children with special needs, just offering them content and also in-person events that really geared towards helping them practice self-care. My oldest is 20. She is autistic and deaf and has epilepsy. And I have a six-year-old and I also have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So you got your hands full. Definitely. Um, but I'm grateful, you know, it's, it's, it's been a nice balance. And as you know, our kids help even raise us and keep us round-rounded with our businesses and just help to practice humility and all of it. So they're amazing. Will you tell us... What has it been like for you as a as a black woman to continue to work right now as though COVID wasn't enough? We now have race riots going on everywhere. What is that like for you? You know, it's been very interesting. I think I think just like with COVID, it's an inside job. And I think we all end up coming to our knees literally um, in thought reflective and pain and empathy and, and prayer to try to see what's really happening. I feel the, the pain and I feel the, the stress of what's happening for people on the outside, but I can't deny my privilege. And if I'm honest, hmm. a lot of things that happen, even as for me as a black woman, I'm not as impacted as some families around the world, but I definitely empathize as if I'm them. And I really take on, um, in a spiritual sense, we call it intercessing, where you literally take on what they're feeling in order to effectively do something about it. But the truth of the matter is, for me and my family, if we did nothing, no one would notice. 
despite the fact that we're black because it's not impacting us because we live in a town that's diverse. We live in an area of the country that's not being destroyed as much. Um, our city and our state, our governor um, and our mayor has been so effective in the leadership mm-hmm. that we, again, we are, we are literally walking in a level of privilege. Our target is still open, right? And so I had to make sure that in this, I took on um, the stance as a, a, a believer in something bigger than myself first. And then second, as a Black woman, to say, I stand with people and I don't judge. I really felt in my, in my gut, do not judge. You know, don't judge too far to the left or to the right. And so in that, I really had to just log off the social media for a bit mm-hmm. and just really take a break to go inside and to see what what was what were my feelings and emotions and just processing them day by day, caring for my husband who's a who's a black man and caring for my stepson who's a black man. Um and just making sure, you know, that I honor them and their emotions and their process. And so but this 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 time was different. This time Bring was different for the whole completely and utterly confusing me. You're saying all the things that I thought were gonna be the opposite of what mm, out of your mouth. I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna talk about how overwhelmed you are, how how exhausted you are by all this, but you, I, by the way, I love that you called it an inside job, but I'm so confused by calling you, yourself a woman of privilege. That's what I'm supposed to say about myself. Well, and I'm just keeping it real, Jill. That's what I loved about me and you this whole time and, and, and our relationship. I can identify with you as a mom and a woman. Mm-hmm. And because we haven't, we literally don't get to hug and touch and hang out, right? No. We have to literally talk to each other and connect over the years, not just based on what we see on social media, but when we talk, we have to connect as women and as people. I had a moment where I wanted to hate. And, mm-hmm. you know, my son, he lives in Minnesota. He lives in Minneapolis. His mom um, lives there. They're, you know, they're all safe. But when I thought his safety was at stake and it was at the hands of a hate group, that was coming to infiltrate their area, it literally hit home for me. Mm. And it was like, not my baby. You know what I'm saying? I of course, I empathize for, 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 you know, George Flores family and, and, and that he is somebody's baby, right? And his mother has already passed on. So she is in the atmosphere feeling his pain, mm-hmm. you know, and can't even get to him. So of course I empathize. But when somebody tries to come for my baby, you know, my son yeah. is innocent and, and, and peaceful and kind and has the heart of a of a kind. And he's just, he's an amazing human being. When they tried to come for my baby, I thought that I was going to let rage overtake me. I could have ran from California to Minnesota barefoot for him. <laughs> and that's when, I mean, you know, you already know. Yeah. Right? I think that part's oh, universal though. I don't know if that's, I mean, obviously that's sparked by race, but I think that that's something that I can, of course, identify with. I mean, you know, yeah. Somebody, somebody comes to your baby. A man is trying to get into your home or mm-hmm. a person is trying to get into your home. You're going to have supernatural bionic strength. And so that is when, for me, I have to say, I could really be taken out by this. This is even coming closer. I have to keep centering myself. You know, we've been practicing self-care. We, we, I've got us a paint by numbers a month ago. So we finally opened that up. So me and my husband have been doing paint by numbers. We've been living in, you know, the, the outside noise. We've been having conversations that are 
non-judgmental against each other because even though we both are people of color, we have different stances because we have different backgrounds, right? Right. So he grew up in the inner city, Chicago. I grew up in the suburbs, right? And so um, just different perspectives. And so just making sure to not judge, to try to not be offended on every end, even when I feel like I'm being offended by somebody who looks like me, right? Or people mm-hmm. lashing out and and just empathizing. I mean, look at what the we live in a predominantly Asian community. Look what the Asian community went through and during COVID. Right. They were mistreated. They were mishandled. They weren't respected. Mm-hmm. And so I drew strength from them. And so, like I said, I just had to own the fact that I don't I got my target. For better or worse, growing up in segregated Chicago. I did not learn about racism until I was 20, 21 at UIC when I was about to graduate or more 22. I was about to graduate because I had a black woman who sat me and my friend down, who was up from the South suburbs. She sat us down in an office and she walked around the table and she berated us and she told us how the world hated us. And she told us how they thought we were the lowest of the low, how that hate was formed. We were weeping and crying. I mean, we were traumatized. But she did that because we had not experienced it. And she didn't want us to be hurt by someone else. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I had that experience, I realized that I can't wait until my daughter is that age to do that. But I also cannot do that at six. Right. And I will not do that to that extent. So, you know, I'm not telling her much. I'm protecting her world and her innocence. She's so literal. And what I want more than anything is to have a base and a spiritual spiritual power. And then the second to have confidence that's organic, that I did not influence her in a way that would traumatize her more because she believes me. She believes my words and she believes that. So I'm not mentioning that. Um, at this time, I'm building her confidence and I'm protecting her world because remember, we're still in quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're only I love that. Three, so when, so. You, when you see all of this, I feel like every single social media post talks about how you must talk to your kids about race. Here's a list of books no, to share with your kids no. about race. Let's That's why great. You don't have to keep it, Lily. You know, don't keep it. Keep, don't keep it. Don't protect them from the reality of a diversity, but teach them more about diversity and teach them more about character. So when they're challenged with it, then they deal. Arena's interview surprised me in so many ways that it set me on a path to talk to many, many more mom entrepreneurs. And now I want you to meet Charity. My name is uh, Charity Hughes, and I am the owner and operator of Pathfinder Leadership Group. Um, And my son is 20 years old. He turned 20 in February, so right before the pandemic started. Um, And his name is Jason. Mm -hmm. Um, And the business that I run is an executive consulting, executive uh, coaching and HR consulting business. I started off with the same question that I asked Arena: the how on earth are you doing it right now? How are you crushing it as a woman of color who is a mom and an entrepreneur? You know, coming from an executive coach perspective, my role is to create space for my clients to um, to help themselves unstuck. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a challenge because as I'm working with my clients, I'm realizing that I have to do the same for myself. And before I can really hold that space for them, 
and help them through whatever they are experiencing, I've got to do some self-care and make sure that I'm doing it for myself so that I can show up as the best executive coach that I can for my clients. So it's been difficult um, kind of watching and seeing the protest unfold and hearing from my son's perspective, kind of how he's feeling through all of this um, and having to wear, quite honestly, so many hats, um, whether I'm wearing the hat as here, here I am as mom, mm-hmm. trying to help you through all this and understanding what your issues are, understanding your perspective. Here I am as a businesswoman and as a coach trying to build the business and at the same time kind of help my clients through a lot of what they are going through, whether it's clients who they themselves um, are Black and and dealing with the trauma of this or um, whether they're not and dealing with how do I lead my organization through what all of this is and through what some of our employees may feel. Um, Having to wear the hat of a wife and my husband from, from his generation, our generation, kind of dealing with his emotion and him, you know, being a father and showing up to, to our son. So it's been, it's been difficult trying to balance all of these. And oh, by the way, we're still in the midst of COVID. So then how do I expand the business? Um, How do I grow the business in the midst of not necessarily being able to physically connect with my clients? Right. That's not a long list of things that you have to get through. (laughs) Can you talk a bit about how it's showing up for you uh, it being all of the injustice and suffering that's going on right now in the world, how is that showing up in your clients and how are you talking about it with them? Yeah. So I would say, um, I think it's somewhat of a cycle. I, w- I would, um, liken it to almost, um, the cycle of grief. You know, my initial reaction was, was anger, um, as was, I think quite a few people, you know, when you look at the injustice and what's happening you know, my first response was just pure anger. How could mm-hmm. this still be happening? Um, even though I know it happens, even though I'm acutely aware of it because I'm part of the Black community, at the same time, to have it in your face, um, kind of that up close and personal, to say that this is still happening in the year 2020. How could that be? Um, so it was anger at first for me. And then couple that with um, anger from a new generation dealing with my son's anger. And he can be a little bit of a hothead sometimes anyway. <laughs> um, and the fact that he is currently enrolled in an HBCU, which is um, historically Black University. He goes to Howard University. Okay. And his first response was, you know, if I was at school right now, we'd all be protesting. Of course. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm acutely aware of that. Um, because he wanted to go out and protest. And it wasn't that I didn't want him to, um, but, you know, the mom gene kicks in and it's like, wait a minute, I got to make sure you're safe and I don't know what's happening out there yet. Um, But then at the same time, with this desire for social justice to say he has a right to make sure that his voice Mm. is heard. So it's a struggle balancing that. And then, oh, by the way, working with my clients, showing up for them, hearing them, how are you feeling? How are you processing? You know. What would help you through, you know, through sorting out your emotions, through sorting out what you need to do to be a leader through all of this? So it's it's been an interesting cycle of emotions, I think, for myself, for my family, mm-hmm. and for my clients. So where are you letting those emotions out? How are you how are you dealing with this? How are you taking care of yourself? Um, I would say first and foremost, I am a woman of faith. Um, so 
I have to let that show up in anything and everything that I do. So that being said, I think just resting on my faith, there's got to be some grace that I allow in. Mm. Whether that shows up as forgiveness, whether that shows up um, as giving people space to vent and to um, recognize their own emotion, um, whether that is giving space for my own anger and then releasing it and saying, you know what, all I can do is move forward and help as opposed to hinder. Um, So yeah, I've got to rest on my faith and believe that this is an awakening and not look at it as something so ugly and so vile Mm -hmm. while it is because we're looking at the murder of of a man. But the other side of this is the awakening of a society. Right. And that's how I have to look at it. As a mom entrepreneur, what, what encouragement can you give other mom entrepreneurs if they're sitting in the same struggle that you are? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the first thing is really recognizing and taking um, taking inventory of what your network looks like, of what your um, support network looks like, who is in your corner. And the biggest thing is identifying what is the support you feel like you need right now. I think the challenge is we're so often as mompreneurs, we are so giving, giving of our time, giving of our information, giving of our resources. It's yeah, taking it's pause to yeah. really just be cognizant to say, it's not just, oh, just support me. It's being real clear on what does that mean for you at this moment? What, what support do you need? Um, whether it's a shoulder to cry on, whether it's someone to help you grow your network, whatever the case may be, it's being as clear with yourself as what you need as you can be with those with whom you need it from. When you do talk to your 20-year-old, who's old enough to have somewhat of a handle on this, but it's a first for him, I'm sure. What do you sort of advise him about? What do you tell him? Not what he should feel, but I don't know. What advice do you give to him? I really just want to hear him more than tell him something. Mm. I, I want to hear what's top of mind for him. What are his concerns? What are his fears? What's his anger about? And does he have hope? Because my greatest concern and my greatest fear is that he would lose hope. Um, Anger is good in some regards because anger will push you to some action. Hopefully it'll push you to positive action. But when you become so fearful and so um, at a state where you lose hope, then that's where I kind of take fear because then that means that you don't see a possibility or a life of something different. Um, so I really listen first. And then the, the advice that I would give him and that I do try to give him um, is use your anger for good. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry. All of us have experienced anger, but don't mm-hmm. let that anger push you into a negative space. Allow it to help you consider and think about how can I shift this to something positive? How can I make this something um, that's better than what it is today? Because we can all take a bad situation and make it worse. That's not hard (laughs) Um, in any regard. I don't care if it's a relationship. I don't care if it's a job. We can take a bad situation and we know how to make it worse. The question is, do we know how to make it better? I found it fascinating talking to Arena and Charity, who seem to have extremely different perspectives on what's going on right now in the world and within themselves. 
Irena considers herself a black woman of privilege, and she's not interested at all in talking to her kids about race just yet, where we have charity on the other side of the spectrum. Charity is very ready to confront her own anger about the situation, to talk to her son about his anger in the situation, and to turn it into something good. But I did hear themes throughout both of the interviews that I thought were really fascinating. First of all, something so important that I'm glad both of them are taking care of it. They are centering themselves. They're really trying to harness the anger, the rage, and not let it get the better of them. But I thought even more important, of course they're going to put their kids first. Of course they're worried about their kids at this time in our lives. But neither of them are talking to their kids about race. They are listening to the kids. They're making sure that they are taking in what their kids are asking, figuring out what their kids need by listening. And I loved very much that these two women shared their stories and could make us all feel a little bit more hopeful about our futures. And my tool of the week, go to caresmentoring.org. The mission of the National Cares Mentoring Movement is to secure, heal, and transform the lives of impoverished Black children by inspiring, recruiting, and mobilizing masses of caring Black men and women to mentor and nourish them. What could sound more amazing than that? Go to caresmentoring.org and sign up to be a mentor today. That's it for this week's show. I want to hear from you. I want you to shout at me. I invite you to do so. Leave me a voicemail at 708-872-7878. You can text me there as well. Tell all your friends to subscribe. Make sure that you shout from the rooftops, because why are we shouting? Thanks for listening. See you next week.